It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Washington Wizards, but you should not have any more worries about the pairing of SGA and Josh Giddy. Those two guys continue to gel well together. Jalen Williams is already making improvements throughout this course of this stellar rookie season, and we got a glimpse of the Thunder future with Chet Holmgren in this game as well. Coming up on Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's Every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Washington Wizards on City Night with SGA and Josh Giddy looking awesome together. Plus, J-Dub is already showing improvement to the stellar rookie year and a lineup that gives us a glimpse of the future with Chet Holmgren in this episode. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn and LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. Let's do it. We start the way we always do with our game overview in this game for the thunder. No Chet Holmgren. He's out for the year. No Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. He has an ankle sprain that he suffered against Orlando. No Usman Jang still out with that wrist injury. So three of your four rookies from this class are out. Uh, Pokoshevsky's out and JRE is out as well. And even while missing every big on the roster, Darius Baisley did not play coach's decision. And then Lindy Waters and Aaron Williams only got one minute. The Wizards were healthy besides Bradley Beal being out. Uh, and Thunder start with SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, and Matt Muscala. That lineup I think is very important for the future of this team. We'll talk about that later on, but right now, I want to talk about why you should not worry about Josh Giddy's pairing with SGA. Just stop worrying about it. These two can work. These two will work, and they have shown that they can coexist. They're playing off of each other so much better over the last month. They showed glimpses of this last year, specifically that game against Phoenix whenever the last game that Giddy played of his rookie season. And then this year, this last month or so, they've shown a lot of promise as a pairing together. The numbers with them on the floor together this year are already better than last year. They have both played really well together in this last month and in this game specifically. And the biggest pet peeve of mine is that whenever one of these two guys, Shea or Josh, are out, the one who's playing plays well, then the Thunder fan base just goes all up in arms about, well, why can't they play this way with the other one? Or how is this pairing ever going to work? See, Josh is better without Shea. See, Shea's better without Josh. And, and already 
starting that division of this duo, which has only played 3,300 possessions together. Of NBA basketball, they've only played 3,000 possessions. If they're playing well alone, that just means they're good players. The last time I checked, you want good players on your team. You don't try to get rid of good players. And good players typically figure out how to play with other good players. I think that these two guys are going to work out together. I really do. I think that these two guys have skill sets that complement one another and they have games that can conform to other people. We saw Shea conform his game to play with three other guards his first year in OKC. We saw Shea conform his game to play with no other ball handlers. We've seen Shea conform his game to play with Josh Giddy and to play with a team that is designed to have multiple ball handlers on the floor at all times. We've seen Josh Giddy buy into Oklahoma City. We've seen Josh Giddy buy into this coaching staff. And we've seen these two players openly express and talk about how they want to learn to play together, how they want this to work, how they want to play off of one another. There has never been so much of, a, of an inkling of, hey, these two guys don't like each other. Hey, these two guys don't want to work together. It's always been the opposite. Even today, Shea says that he loves playing with Josh Kitty. Vice versa as well. So give them more than 3,000 possessions to figure this thing out. Because our most recent sample size suggests that they will. And not only this game tonight, but the last month. And oh yeah, they're not playing with a full deck right now. Because both of them benefit from a big man. Both of them benefit from the skill set that Chet Holmgren provides. It's part of the factor of why you draft Chet Holmgren is because you think that he can complement these two guys with his skill set. Oh, by the way, we've already seen Josh Giddy work well with Chet Holmgren in the summer league. Again, granted, it's a summer league. It's a different competition level, but just fundamentally, schematically, you saw how that duo can work. Now you add a third piece in there, which is, oh yeah, an all-NBA caliber guy, an all-star caliber guy, somebody playing at an MVP level this season, somebody averaging 30 points. That's your third piece. You're just going to work into that duo that's already shown it can work. Like That is where this Thunder team is at. So I do believe that you should stop worrying, stop the comparison shopping of, oh, well, whenever Shea doesn't play, the Thunder go for 150 points, or, oh, whenever Josh doesn't play, they're 7-0, and SGA is just dynamite. Folks, SGA is dynamite every single night. He rolls out of bed and drops 30 points. In this game, he had probably the quietest, sneakiest 30-point game ever because you look up in the first quarter, oh, he has 8 points. The third quarter, he turns it on, has 16 points in the third quarter and shot 60%. And most importantly, you saw this team tonight, and you've seen it some this year, but specifically tonight, get out and run, get out and play space and pace together with these two. You've seen that at times separate, notably on Tuesday, how fast they were going on Tuesday against Boston, a track meet that led to 150 points. And then you saw that today, where they're still getting out and running, they're still turning defense to offense, they're still getting in transition, and it's working out to perfection, which is what this entire team is built on with their youth, with their length, with their athleticism, with their playmaking, with their ability to play under control. So let's maybe give them more than 3,000 possessions, because I really think that this can work. SGA, 
what can you say? He's one dunk away from matching his career high. And I asked him about that after the game because I've been harping on his dunking this year. And I just want to know from him if it was something that he was focusing on or if it just has kind of opened up for him more uh, in the NBA. And he told he told me that you know he's been working on his body the last summer, you know, the last offseason. And he says each year in the NBA, he feels as though he's getting more athletic. Yeah, that should probably scare a few NBA teams. If a guy that's averaging 30 points is feeling as though every single summer he's getting more athletic. Uh, in this game, he dropped 30 points, four assists, three rebounds, a steal, two blocks, shot 52% from the floor, and one for four from three. And he got to 30 points in this one while shooting effectively. Only took six free throws. Like, usually that number is 10, usually number is 12. Like, he took six free throws in this game. There is a need to point out his defense. The steal in two blocks is great. One of those blocks was on a jump shot at the elbow, which led to a coast-to-coast Eurostep layup. But it's not just the block shots. It's not just the steals. It's not just that he's leading the NBA in blocks for a guard or that he's or that he's playing the pass lanes well and getting steals and that he's gotten at least one or the other in every single game. The way he is playing defense is a lot better. He's fighting through screens. He's closing out hard. He's rotating well. He's playing aggressive on defense and physical on defense without getting in foul trouble. Oh, yeah, he's doing all that and still having enough of a motor to go play offensively at a very high level, at an all-star level, and average 30 points. That is incredibly hard. You usually get one or the other out of somebody. To have the usage he does offensively and then also have the defensive effort he gives you defensively is why SGA's future is so promising. It's why he's a top 12 player in the NBA right now. It is why that he is a face of a franchise. There's only 30 spots of those. It's why he's a face of a franchise and the guy that you can count on and rely on and a star. I think that we always like to highlight the blocks and the steals, which is great. It's it's one of the um, most basic and um, relatable ways to understand defense. But for Shea, it's more than that. For Shea, it's it's more about the impressiveness of his ability, like I said, to have a motor to go on both ends. We'll talk Josh Giddy. We'll talk J-Dub. We'll talk the starting lineup, which I loved, and also how the Thunder won this game all coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Folks, LinkedIn Jobs is awesome for your small business or if you're a hiring manager as well, because you know that success in 2023 all depends on a team member and the team that's surrounding you. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates with efficiently matching tools for you at LinkedIn. They can have the skills that you need, the values that you need, and experience that you need to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data to use insightful um, tools that you can help create for them to help you match you with the candidates that you want to know faster and easier. They have an easy to navigate website It's awesome because you can get your applicants and your candidates and your hires faster than their other competitors. Go check it out right now. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in delivering qualified hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in MBA. 
That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. Let's talk Josh Giddy. Another 20-point game. 20 points, six rebounds, nine assists, a steal. He shot 56% from the floor, but that was at 60% before the final minute of the game where he had a few like weird tap out, rebound, put back things. Uh, but still, 56 is really good. A two for two from three. He is doing a much better job of using his body to get all the way downhill to attack the defense and, and to what I've noticed is use the goal as a way to shield and help himself finish at the, at the uh, rim. But both him and Mark, both Josh Kitty and Mark, pointed out that this was his main adjustment, is that he's no longer settling for hook shots or floaters. He's going downhill. He's being aggressive. And Mark even said, we want him to get to the free throw line too, something that I've been pointing out in this podcast. We want to get to the free throw line too. We feel like the refs are just missing calls. He's being aggressive. He's doing what he needs to do. It's just the calls have to come eventually. He had a moment in this game where he finished through Kristaps Porzingis, which is very hard to do. KP, good shot blocker, uh, going right at his chest, finished through him. Uh, there was also a play where he's in the dunker spot and he's just wide open. Nobody's there at all for a guy who likes to score at the rim. He gets the ball passed to him. Christoph Porzingis understands that guy can score at the rim. He's wide open. I need to get over there. He rotates. He over-pursues. He goes too strong for the for the block. And what does Josh Giddy do? He doesn't try to go up or pump fake. He just gives a little nice hot potato pass to Lou Dort, who is cutting down the lane. Lou Dort with a, with a slam, and the Thunder cause another Wizard timeout and get more momentum for themselves as well. There was also a brilliant play involving Josh Giddy, which leads us to Jalen Williams, that really excited the Thunder fan base and really electrified the arena. <laughs> there was a SGA steal, which led to SGA pushing them up up the floor. Whenever SGA got to the the timeline, the Thunder had a three on one fast break because of that steal. And so it was shade the timeline. And then it was um, Giddy and Jada out in front. They were triangling this defender. The defender had no hope, especially with all three of them being playmakers. There's nothing you can really do in a three on one anyway, but SGA is at the timeline, hits the ball ahead to Josh Giddy, who's now at the top of the key. And then Josh Giddy instantly lobs it over to J-Dub who soars up from the low block and puts it down with a rim rattling, lay up and he's able to hang on the rim and swing around the defender to not hit him. And it just obviously energizes the entire team. It energizes the entire you know, arena and it just involved three of your brightest young players, you know, three or four brightest young players on this roster. Uh, so that was also really, really cool. Jalen Williams was also really cool for just the fourth time in his career. He had double digit points in the first half in the first half. J-Dub had 12 points three rebounds as an assist, a steal, 55% from the floor, two for four from three. In the second half, he still had six points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal. And uh, even though that he didn't take, you know, more than four shots in 19 minutes, 
some of that was just due to the nature of the game. There's a blowout. It did, you know, it's, it's kind of a non-consequential game down the stretch of it. I think that had this game been a tight game for 48 minutes, you would have seen him be more aggressive because he was looking for his shot all night. He was taking off the dribble threes. He was taking his catch-and-shoot looks. I asked Mark post-game because before looking at like the divided-up box score on NBA.com, I just felt as though he was more aggressive in both halves and more aggressive in this game in, in totality. So I asked Mark after the game, how would he grade out uh, J-Dub's aggression offensively tonight? And he said very good. Like He thought it was very, very good, especially praised J-Dub's ability to attack um, the rim and attack the defense whenever a big was on him, which the Wizards had to do. Whenever the Thunder went small, you know, KP was out there guarding him, Gafford, whatever. And J-Dub handled that very, very well. He also had two steals, three assists, eight rebounds. He shot 53% from the floor, 50% from three. And at the start of this game for him, he opens up the scoring with a mid-range jumper. Then he takes an off-the-dribble mobile three and knocks it down, which was incredible. Um, the, the dunks, the energy-giving plays, that was all great. And also... This might be our next tracker. We've been tracking Lou Dort uh, offensive uh, offensive fouls drawn. Once again, one of those two steals was Jalen Williams just creepily sneaking in there, swiping at a driver, and getting the steal on somebody driving to the rim as a help defender, just inching his way down and putting the hand in the cookie jar and getting rewarded for it. Jalen Williams is awesome. It just cut dry and simple. And he was a part of that starting rotation, which was, if you don't remember, SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, and Mike Muscala. I don't say this to be little Mike Muscala, but replace Muscala with Chet Holmgren and you have your starting lineup next year and it works to perfection. Muscala got 10 shots in 24 minutes of a blowout game. And these were his shots. Now I want you to think about, huh, who else benefits from these plays? Who else you know, is, is going to need to be put in these situations. First shot was a ghost screen with a pop out to the three. He's found on that, you know, obviously to take, to take the shot. Next shot, post up, turn around, fade away. Next shot, rolling layup, getting behind the defense. Next shot, pop out to the three-point line, gets the ball, shot fake and drive. Next shot, gets a rebound, puts it back up for a layup. Next shot, sets a screen, lets uh, Giddy get doubled. Giddy goes behind the back, passes out to the three in the slot. Defense is a step late. Muscala shoots over over the defense, knocks it down. Next shot. Defense tries to pack the paint, but they leave Muscala. Muscala nails a three. Next shot. There's a drive from Isaiah Joe. Defense reacts to it. Kicked at the corner. Three-pointer. Next shot. Flashes through the paint. Just flashes from, from where he was at through the paint to the elbow. Catch and shoot. Turnaround jumper. Catch at the elbow with his back to the basket, turnaround jumper. Now, imagine all those shot attempts, and the person shooting them is Shed Holmgren and not Muscala. Also, imagine when this team is playing fast, when this team is playing in transition, that the defense is you know reacts and is able to uh, stop your fast break. But here comes Chet Holmgren trailing down the floor at the top of the key. Boom, three which is what he made his money on as well in Summer League. And of this lineup, SGA, Dort, Giddy, J-Dub, Muscala, all five of them reached double figures. And this game had a little bit of everything with Muscala in it. It had a little bit of everything for Muscala. You know, post touches, three-point shots, 
you know, opportunities to score off the catch, opportunities to score off the dribble. And he did all that in 25 minutes, you know, in 24 minutes. Imagine playing 30, which is what Giddy and Shea played, which is where his minutes will more align. You know, Giddy, Shea, and J-Dub all played 30 or more minutes. You're going to add Chet Holmgren to that 30 more minutes mix next year, you know, whenever he's fully healthy. Which takes your shots up from 10 to 12 to 13, 14, 15, whatever the case is, 20. You know, J-Dub got 13. Uh, Giddy got 16 shot attempts. SGA got 23. Put your shot attempts back up to that more you know, reliable number. But of those 10 shots that Muscala took, every single one of them was a shot that you want Chet Holmgren taking was a type of shot that you want Chet Holmgren out there for was in a set in a play that perfectly meshes with what you want to have happen from Chet Holmgren. And it's an odd way to get there, obviously, because it's all these injuries. But if we don't see Jay will Sunday against Dallas, if we don't see Poco Jerry return soon. Of course, Poku's out for six to eight weeks. Jang's out for another another three or four weeks, and then Jerry, not quite sure where he's at anymore. Just week to week was all we knew about him. But as we get further in this season without Chet Holmgren, which is going to be the entire season without Chet Holmgren, playing Muscala more with the starters makes a lot of sense because they're getting used to finding a big in these roles. Could be interesting to monitor moving forward. Uh, real quick, we'll talk about Trey Mann. Uh, Percentage-wise, box score-wise, didn't look great. But he had moments, like he had great moments. The step back three was awesome. He had a couple of straight possessions where he was just cooking um, in this game. The biggest thing that stood out for me was, was you know, the um, the quality shots that he took, but also playing under control. There was one play in particular where he's standing in the corner wide open. And so as a shooter, if you're wide open, your mindset is, okay, I'm about to shoot. I'm about to shoot in the corner. Easiest shot, you know, from the three-point line. I'm a three-point shooter. Kenny Hustle gets the ball in the slot, knows, hey, we've got our best shooter on the floor out there in the corner wide open. Let me get this ball to him. Tries to swing the ball to Trey Mann. It's a terrible pass. Trey Mann has to bobble for it, find it, and by that time, the defense, of course, adjusts to it, reacts to it, and is able to not allow Trey Mann to shoot a three. But instead of getting, uh, you know, all wide-eyed, Trey Mann was fine with it, was calm, collected, tried to break down the defender. He tries to break down his defender off the dribble, kicks out to Josh Giddy for an assist, and that's how the possession ends. With an assist, with a bucket with the Thunder scoring on what would, what should have been an easy wide-open three. You know, that little bobble could have derailed the whole thing. Could have forced up a shot, could have not regained possession, could have tried to just drive and freak down and try to go to the rim against three people. Could have ended a multitude of ways. But that was good calmness and maturity by Trey Mann to make something out of nothing, so to say. We'll talk Isaiah Joe in this overall game of how the Thunder won and played their best quarter of the season coming up. But first... Want to see it right now? Pretty good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for pro and college betting and football and basketball and every other sport that you can imagine. You're going to want to go there right now. I love Bet Online because I love looking at their sports book. Not only can you bet on normal games like the Jazz and Bulls tomorrow, the Jazz are one point underdogs in Chicago, but you can look at future bets and specials like who does Bet Online think will be the NBA champions? Well, the Boston Celtics at plus 375. Who do they think will win the the Pacific Division? The Phoenix Suns at plus 200. And as we near trade season, you'll start to see different odds of like where a superstar or whoever's on the trade block will land. And one funny one is, how will LeBron break the all-time NBA points record? Will it be a two-point shot? 
Will it be a free throw? Will it be a three-point shot? If you feel very strongly about how LeBron's going to do it, go over there and bet right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Game to Game podcast for everything you need to know about the NBA from the night before and the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the national perspective on all of sports, taking you behind the scenes and beyond the box score. So the Thunder win 127 to 110. The first quarter, the best quarter all season long, top to bottom, offensively and defensively. Held the Wizards to 17 points, scored 35 points. After one quarter, you're up 35 to 17. Uh, you're able to just keep the foot on the gas and once lead by 27 points. That was the lowest point total allowed in the first quarter by the Thunder. Uh, this game only had two lead changes, three times tied. Wizards did win the re- rebounding battle 46 to 41, but Washington had 20 turnovers to OKC's nine. The Thunder win points in the paint 66 to 58. OKC won a second chance points 17 to 13. OKC won fast break points 16 to 6. The Thunder shot 51-46-71. Washington shot 48-29-75. OKC won the first quarter 35-17. They won the second quarter 33-25. And then that's all that they needed. They just coasted the rest of the way. Uh, you know, the, the third quarter was only lost by three. So at that point, you're down too much in the fourth quarter where the Thunder just need to keep pace, and they did just that. They lost the fourth quarter 30-24, to 40, uh, 30-24 but still won the game overall 127 to 110. OKC covered the bet of the day, OKC plus one. And the MVP of this game is Josh Kitty. This game was an all-around effort from this team. It felt like everybody played a really solid game on both ends of the floor, but offensively, the Thunder did a really good job of getting everybody involved and playing uh, an, a, a nice motion style of offense. So what to expect from Lockdown Thunder? Monday, we're going to recap that Mavericks game. Tuesday, we're going to have a mailbag podcast Wednesday. We're going to recap that game against the Heat, which is going to be on TNT, the first return to national television for SGA since becoming the man and the first time for the Thunder since the bubble. Thursday, we're going to have Stockwatch. And then Friday, the Sixers recap game. A lot to look forward to. Uh, Thursday will be Stockwatch either of the NBA and the Thunder or of college with Mavs Draft. Let's see if he'll join the show. Publicly shame him on Twitter and to join the show again. Uh, I'll have to reach out to him and see if he wants to join. Anyway, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube, so you do not miss an episode. And until Monday, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 